0: Good morning, Covenant College. Morning. Morning. Happy Monday. (laughs) So, when I was saying goodnight to my uh, son last night, my seventh grader, saying, "Pray for me. I'm doing, you know, chapel tomorrow," and he's like, "Mom, are you gonna do a good job?" He's like, "Do you have a good thesis?" (laughs) So. My thesis is, um, (laughs) quite simply, I'm still a Christian because God is faithful, and therefore he alone is worthy of our worship and our gratitude. I'm still a Christian because God, out of sheer grace, has upheld and sustained my often wandering, doubting, broken self and has relentlessly pursued me. I'm still a Christian because God, in his mercy, has called me by name, and he's drawn me to himself. And I am so grateful. I've recently started reading through the Bible again, from beginning to end. And uh, as I got to the end of uh, Genesis recently, where Jacob is near death, and he is preparing to bless Joseph and his sons. And he begins his blessing in Genesis uh, chapter 48, verse 15, by calling on the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. And so as I begin this chapel talk on why I'm still a Christian, um, this verse also echoes my experience. God has indeed been my shepherd all my life to this day. I uh, attend St. Elmo Presbyterian Church and have attended there since I was a student at Covenant. And now my my family and I are members there. And we will uh, regularly recite the answer to the first question of the Heidelberg Catechism. The question is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? Um, if we could, do I have the answer on the sides? Okay, there it is. Um, would you all read the answer uh, to this question with me now? My only comfort in life and in death, you guys are supposed to read too, is that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head apart from the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. I love this response, and I have recited this answer to myself more times than I could possibly count over the years, Um, and it continues to be a comfort and a wonderful reminder of God's sovereign, sustaining care in my life. Probably, like many of you, um, I grew up in a Christian home. And I can't remember a time when I didn't know about God, when he wasn't part of my reality. I grew up attending Sunday school and morning and evening worship services, My parents read the Bible to me, they prayed with me, we talked about spiritual things from as early as I can remember. However, as I was finishing high school and looking ahead to attending Covenant College, I found myself uh, confronting a number of questions about my faith. And I found myself looking forward to coming here and pursuing a deeper understanding of what I believed. I went back through some vintage Tartan yearbooks and found a few pictures of me. I'll let you figure out who I am in those pictures. (laughs) Um, So I came to Covenant as a freshman and really had kind of a difficult first year. Um, It was a time of spiritual wrestling and spiritual despair. I found myself becoming uh, depressed as I wrestled with questions. How could I be sure Christianity was really true? Is there really a God who loves me? died on the cross for my sins. Could I trust the Bible was really God's word? Was I a Christian? Was this faith that I had grown up into actually real or genuine in my own life? It was a challenging time. God uh, provided friends, roommates, professors um, who I talked with, brought my questions to, and while there wasn't this kind of shining light moment where all my questions were perfectly answered, as I look back on that time of intense wrestling with the reality of what I believed, I realized that even then, God was present. When I felt confused and lost regarding my relationship with Christ, as I look back, I see he was holding on to me. Despite all my doubts, even during that time, the reality of God's existence was embedded into the very core of who I was and the very framework of the way I conceived of myself and the world around me. He was, as the catechism proclaims, my faithful Savior, who I belong to both body and soul. So, why am I still a Christian today? How does God continue to be my only comfort? Because God continues to be faithful, despite my faithlessness. I, as you know, I'm an English professor, so it shouldn't be surprising that my faith has been fed over the years through the powerful writing of many authors, such as George Herbert, Gerard Manley Hopkins, Flannery O'Connor, but perhaps none more so than the poet Denise Levertoff. Maybe you haven't heard of, but some of you have. You've had some classes with me. So uh, in the time I have with you, I want to look at a few of her poems um, that helped me to articulate both God's faithfulness and his worthiness. Before we look at at her poems, let me tell you just a little bit about Denise Levertov. She grew up in a Christian home. Her father was a converted Jew who became an Anglican priest in England. Her mother was also a devout believer. However, despite growing up in a household of faith, Levertov herself entered adulthood uh, without embracing Christianity for herself. Levertov was a fierce advocate for peace, demonstrating frequently against violence and war. And she wrestled, as many of us do, with the problem of evil, which she referred to as her substantial stumbling block. And she put it in an essay, How to Reconcile the Suffering of the Innocent and the Consequent Question of God's Non-Intervention. Levertov does work through these troubling questions, uh, and God actually graciously saves her in the process of writing a poem, which is an amazing story. You can ask me about that sometime if you're interested. But Levertov's struggle with the brokenness of this world is often at the crux of many of our doubts and fears and spiritual wrestling. There is so much suffering in our own individual lives and in the world around us. Just walking to chapel, I saw the flag at half-mast, a sobering reminder of the loss of life in the last few days. Our sorrow and grief can feel overwhelming. The seeming silence or absence of God can devastate us. Yet this silence or absence is only an apparent one. It is not reality. And levertov beautifully affirms this truth in several poems. One of them uh, is called Flickering Mind, and it refers to our lack of focus, the way that we can often turn away from the God we love, the way that we can um, grow cold or distant, This is just an excerpt uh, from a longer poem. Not for one second will myself hold still, but wanders anywhere, everywhere it can turn. Not you, it is I am absent. You are the stream, the fish, the light, the pulsing shadow. You are the unchanging presence in whom all moves and changes. The speaker here is acknowledging her doubting, wavering self. You can see even in the format of the lines that alternate in length from short to long and back again, suggest and mimic the lack of consistency in her faith. Yet in the midst of doubt, she affirms God's present. Earlier in the poem, she compares her wandering, fickle, inattentive mind and focus to being like a minnow darting this way and that in a stream. And you can see here how she now realizes that even in the midst of that darting about, God is present. He's with her in the very stream she swims in, in the midst of the shadows and the light. Another brief poem, uh, Suspended, also uh, reflects God's constancy with us. And this also echoes uh, one of the verses in the song we just sang. I had grasped God's garment in the void, but my hand slipped on the rich silk of it. The everlasting arms my sister loved to remember must have upheld my leaden weight from falling. Even so, for though I claw at empty air and feel nothing, no embrace, I have not plummeted. This brief poem alludes to the woman in the Gospels who reaches to touch the hem of Christ's robe, desperately grasping for Christ's healing power. The speaker in the poem feels that she has lost her faithful grip on Christ. The title, Suspended, evokes a sense of limbo, a lack of grounding, of assurance, And yet, looking back, the speaker affirms that even in her despair, her sense of spiritual void, feeling she's clawing at nothing, God's arms were holding her fast. She did not fall. So why am I still a Christian? Because over and over, Throughout my life, God has kept me from plummeting. He has faithfully held on to me. In small and large ways, I've seen his provision. How he gently, sometimes astonishingly, reminds me of his care, his love, his patience. When I couldn't see a way forward, God has made a path clear I could give you many examples but um, I think I'll focus on a few years ago when um, my parents were going through significant uh, health challenges really kind of health crises and I'm an only child I don't have any siblings uh, my parents were in Southern California And I was here, um, I think in the span of Thanksgiving um, to early January, I made three trips, brief trips out and back to California. We didn't have any family in the state at all. Um, And this was a hard time. I was overwhelmed with wondering how these issues would be resolved. It was becoming clear that they would need to move here. And there were just so many logistics, so many things uh, without any siblings to kind of share this um, burden with me. Uh, I felt it strongly falling on my shoulders. Um, I was scared, I was alone, Uh, I was confused. I wasn't sure what to do. So um, God, was with me and um, providing for me and for my parents in that time. And I'll give you just a couple examples. One is kind of a small example, but it meant a lot to me. Uh, On one of the plane trips out there, I was flying out. It was a long time in the plane. And uh, again, I was was in despair. Um, I felt alone. I was scared. I wasn't sure what I would find when I got there and what I would do. Um, to help. And as I was sitting there uh, in the plane, I began hearing that there was uh, a woman several rows behind me who was talking in a louder than normal plain voice, okay? (laughs) Um, And she was talking to somebody next to her and honestly, I don't remember exactly what she was saying, but what she was talking about Uh, was preaching the goodness of God and talking about uh, God's faithfulness and love for us. And as I was sitting there and had been feeling um, just so lost and really kind of in this uh, agony, um, it felt like God was uh, speaking to me, that I wasn't alone um, on that solitary plane ride out to California. And then a larger example uh, from that time of just how God provides. Um, I was heading out again to go see them. It was clear we needed to move them close to us. Wasn't sure what that was going to look like or how we would do that. My husband and I are taking a walk uh, on a Sunday afternoon, and we see our neighbors a few doors down, and they're out taking all these pictures of their house. And so we stopped to talk to them, and you know, kind of asked what was going on, and they said, we're putting our house on the market tomorrow. And we're like, what? <laughs> we had no idea you were thinking of moving. Uh, so I fly out to California. Uh, my husband goes and meets uh, with them. He tours the house. He calls me later that day, and he said, I think this house would really work for your parents. He's like, I think they need to buy it. I think you need to talk to them about buying this house. Um, which I do, I think I convinced them in about 30 minutes that this was really a wonderful opportunity, we needed to do it. Uh, And I still look back and I'm just astonished uh, that this house, three doors down from where we live, became available right when I was flying out to be with my parents, to talk to them about making this really significant move um, and being able to be out there to kind of help with financial logistics to start making that happen. So God is good. Um, And this faithful God is worthy of all our gratitude and praise. He hears our anguished cries over our own brokenness and the brokenness of this world. He hears our laments. He feels and hears when we cry out to him. He holds us when we're lost and alone. But not only does he support us in these in troubling times, he also pours good gifts into our lives. We can sometimes forget in the midst of our struggles that God is a God who delights to bless us. And so Levertov reminds us of this truth in her poem, Primary Wonder. Days pass when I forget the mystery Problems insoluble and problems offering their own ignored solutions jostle for my attention. And then, once more, the quiet mystery is present to me. The throng's clamor recedes. The mystery that there is anything, anything at all, let alone cosmos, joy, memory, everything, rather than void. And that, O Lord, creator, hallowed one, you still hour by hour sustain it. Levertov reminds us to remember the goodness of God. God created us to delight in the good gifts of the world he's made. And only God, the giver and creator of all these things, is worthy of our praise, thanks, and worship. That were created to express. I am still a Christian because God fills my life with wonder, which leads me back to Him. He fills our lives with good things, large and small. Right before chapel, I was asked, What's my favorite food? I said, Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is a good gift. He gives us meaningful relationships with friends and family. There's my family um, who fill me with wonder every day. Um, Getting to parent my four amazing kids with my husband, David. The wonder of seeing them grow up into who God is making them be. Um, Our awesome golden retriever, that's Molly. Molly. Who, as we like to say, she may not be great at retrieving, but she's great at being golden. (laughs) She is a good gift. I am grateful for meaningful work that fills me with wonder and delight. I love my job. I love being here. I love words and story and ideas and class discussions that leave me walking out of a classroom feeling exhilarated. God gives us so much to delight in. He gives us the beauty of the world around us. There's just a few pictures uh, from some trips my family and I have taken. We love hiking. We love traveling. We love national parks. Our goal is to visit all 63 of them. I've been to 44, so we'll see. And I have been so blessed to see the incredible beauty and variety of God's world. When I stand in the midst of these beautiful places, I'm filled with a sense of awe, a desire to worship, to offer thanks and and praise. Why am I still a Christian? Because God is faithful and he alone is worthy of all our thanks and praise. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your faithful, sustaining presence in our lives, even when we are struggling, doubting, and seemingly wandering far from you. Thank you for holding on to us, even when we seem to have lost our hold on you. Lord, we thank you for all of the good gifts that you lovingly pour into our lives, large and small. May we praise you and find you to be our primary wonder. In Christ's name we pray, amen.